<laughs> through his subtlety, beguiled Eve and pulled her into some reasoning, intellectual arena, trying to figure out good and evil. I fear lest any of you, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. There is a simplicity that is in Christ that is important. There is a simplicity about the gospel. And I believe there's a simplicity where faith is concerned. Amen? So I, 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 there's a focal point that the Lord would have me to go tonight. And I'm believing that it would make faith easier. Amen? Make it more simple. And that place that I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Faith is confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. Faith is confidence in what Jesus has finished when he said it's finished. Faith is confidence in what he has already done. That means faith is confidence in what has he done? What is the sacrifice about? Crucifixion, resurrection, or crucifixion, burial, resurrection, ascension. And his shed blood, his name, the life of Christ that is in us, and the great and precious promises by which we are partakers of that divine nature. So faith is confidence in each of those elements. Faith is confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. Now, turn with me to Malachi chapter 2. Malachi chapter 2. Malachi chapter 2. And verse 5. I'm going to read verse 4. And ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, the priest, said the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him. My covenant is with the church. My covenant, the covenant that we have entered to, now we know it's between God the Father and God the Son, but we have entered into that covenant. And my, that covenant that he has, he says, my covenant is with him. His covenant is with us of life, the very life of God, the life of God. We talk many times about eternal life. And eternal life is not just life forever. It is the quality of life. It is the God kind of life. The Bible says grace is to reign through righteousness onto eternal life. In other words, the abundance of grace, God's favor, God's enablement, God's power is to flow through righteousness, up, us operating in that oneness with him to produce the God kind of life. 
Jesus came for that purpose. That's the whole, that was one of the objectives. So he says, my covenant was, was with him of life. God says, it was life and peace. God says that my part in this whole deal is I am to supply life and I'm to supply peace. Now the peace that we are talking about from a new covenant perspective is not merely shalom. It is not merely um, nothing broken, nothing missing. But rather, it is reconciliation to what God had originally intended. Colossians 1 verse 20 says, Having made peace through the blood of his cross, that's the sacrifice, by him to reconcile all unto himself. By him I say whether they be things in heaven, things in earth, visible or invisible. By the blood of his cross and by his sacrifice, what Jesus has accomplished when he said it is finished, he has reconciled everything to God's original intent. It includes shalom. Amen? So God says my part in the deal is to supply, is to bring fulfillment and supply life and to supply peace. And then he goes on to say, and I give them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before me. I give it to him because of the fear and the reverence that he had for me. In other words, God says, I give it to him. My part is supply life, supply peace, and your part is you are to bring the fear of the Lord. Your part is to honor me. Well, the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. I'm going to make a shift from the fear of the Lord to faith. Amen. All right. Forgive me if I don't make the connection too strongly. If he does, great. But he says our part is to fear him. Our part is to reverence him. Our part is to honor him. And faith honors God. When you believe God, not because everything makes sense, but because he said it. And because he's God, that honors him. When you've been the only evidence, when you've got no evidence whatsoever, in fact, when everything else is contrary, but all you've got is, is, is his word, that honors him. So faith pleases God. Amen? That's our part. His part is the provision. His part is the grace. His part is the life. His part is the peace. His part is the fulfillment to the promises. It is of grace that it might be by... Faith that a promise might be, might be available to all of the seed. We are saved by grace. How? Through faith. But our part is faith. Faith is that right response to God. Faith is the right response to what God has said. Faith is the right response to what God has done. Faith is therefore our responsibility. Our response to God's ability. Does that make sense? So, again, the Bible says in, in, in um, Philippians 2 verse 12, that on the inside of us, God has put salvation. On the inside of us, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. On the inside of us, we've got the kingdom of God. Isn't that right? On the inside of us, we have the anointing of God. On the inside of us, Christ is within us, the hope of glory. But we are to work out that salvation with what? Fear and trembling. We are to bring it out. So there's a responsibility in our part. There is that honoring of God. There is that faith. 
Now it says in 1 John 5, 4, Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Everything within your born again spirit has overcome the world. The flesh and the devil. Because everything that is in your born again spirit is the very essence of Christ. Christ is your life. You are a new creation. All things have passed away. All things, all things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new and all things are of God. And you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. So everything within you has overcome the world. Whatsoever is born of God has overcome the world. But this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So our faith is the, is, is the part that will cause the victory that we have on the inside to come to the outside. So faith is our responsibility. Now, it also says, so watch this. Stay with me, mathematically. How many of you like mathematics? Don't you think mathematics is one of the most logical things? Amen? Hallelujah. So, <laughs> this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This is the victory, even our faith. What is the victory? Faith. Our faith. All right. Now, it also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory. How? To the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that all right? So thanks be to God which gave us what? The victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Would it be okay for me to say thanks be to God which gives us the victory by virtue of what Jesus has done? Yes. All right? God, thanks be to God which gives us the victory because of what Jesus has done. What has Jesus done? He died. He was buried. He was resurrected. He ascended. He shed his blood. He's given us his name. Right? He's given us the promises. He's given us his life. Is that called a sacrifice? So then, let's go back into that verse. Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory by virtue of what Jesus has done. Thanks be to God, which has given us the victory because of the sacrifice. Has given us the victory through the sacrifice. So the victory comes why? Because of the sacrifice. Amen? But this is the victory. Even our so victory, sacrifice. Victory, faith. What do we have here? There's a connection between the faith and the sacrifice. Amen? Now, what, 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 and I'm just saying to you what I, what I got. And what, I, what, what the Lord showed me in a snapshot was so wonderful, so simple. And it has, and it has held up so far. Faith. And this is where I want to go. This is what I want you to capture tonight. Because if we can capture the simplicity that faith is confidence in the sacrifice. Faith is confidence in what Jesus has done. Amen? Every aspect of it. Faith is confidence in the sacrifice. So God says, I supply life. I supply peace. I'm going to bring the fulfillment to the promises. Your part is to bring faith. Your part is to have confidence in the sacrifice. Amen? So is it very clear what, what we're supposed to do? Is it clear what is required of us? What is required of us is faith, which is have confidence in the sacrifice. Now just to show you 
the depth and the magnitude and the, 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 the brilliance and the victory of the sacrifice. Thanks be to God who has given us a victory through the sacrifice. But the Bible even says that um, we who are born, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, and I believe reading from verse 14, it says, um, I will not glory save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is a sacrifice, by which the world has been crucified unto me and I unto the world. Right? He says, I'm only going to boast in the sacrifice. That's my, that's my only boast. And then it goes on to say in verse 15, because circumcised, circumcision doesn't avail anything, which means circumcision don't produce much power. Circumcision is not where it's at. Circumcision is not what could do. Nor is it uncircumcision. Amen? But he said it is a new creation. Does it say that? Yes, yes. Now watch this here for a moment. On the one hand, he says in verse 14, I'm only going to boast in the sacrifice. And then he goes right on to the fact that the only thing that works is the new creation. Why would he say that? Because the new creation is a total result of the sacrifice. Isn't that right? The Bible says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. How come? We are as Jesus is, and the reason we are, who, who are we? We are the new creation. So that new creation that we are, that is as Jesus is, is because of what Jesus did. Okay, I saw that look. <laughs> All right. All that you are, when you get born again, you got born, the Bible says you were born again out of resurrection. There. First Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Right? So we came right out of the sacrifice of Christ. Again, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14. Right? Thanks for that look and helping me. <laughs> right? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14 says, By one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. That means you are a product of that one offering of the sacrifice of Christ. Amen? And it says it's only that new creation that availeth. And in another place it says faith which worketh by love. Matter of fact, good, good, that's very good. All right, Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 says, circumcision don't avail anything, nor does uncircumcision, but then it says, but faith that worketh by love. So faith that worketh by love availeth. New creation availing. But any new creation is as a result of the sacrifice. Why don't we just put them all together and mix them all up together and mix faith with a new creation? Mix faith with a sacrifice. Did you hear that? Mix faith with a sacrifice. Let's take another step. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 that the children of Israel... They came out of Egypt. God gave them a promise. God told them, you know, you can have the promised land. I've given it to you, etc., etc. They didn't believe it. What happened? They didn't mix what God said with faith. And what happened to them? They, they died in the wilderness. And Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3, verse 2 says, Let us take heed, more or less. Let us be, let us, let us fear, lest a promise be left us that we might come short and that we too might miss it. By not mixing it with faith. Amen? And so it says we need to mix the gospel with faith. I present to you tonight, we must mix the sacrifice with faith. 
when you make the sacrifice with faith, when you recognize the magnitude of what the sacrifice is done, and you mix it with faith, you come out on the other side, and here you are. This is what this faith looks like. I've got confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. I've got confidence in the sacrifice of Christ, which is what God wants. Now, this sacrifice, why should we, why is there such power, such victory in the sacrifice of Christ? The sacrifice of Christ, you see, anything, anything that was wrong in the human race, that's what Jesus came to fix, did he not? Anything whatsoever. In fact, not only anything that's wrong in the human race, anything that was wrong in any of creation as well, it fixed it all. So it's the answer for everything. I remember one time, one time I said this to the Lord. I thought, okay, because I'm preaching for sacrifice. All. And I, I was one time, and was, I think there was a message I was probably going to preach something along the line of the sacrifice answers everything. And I said, and I'm convinced of it, but I said, Lord, I need a scripture to prove that, you know. You know, like give me something, like show me something that I can really present and say, okay, here is the proof. Look at what the Lord gave me. You know, God is awesome. You know what he gave me? You would not guess it. He gave me Philippians 4.19. 4.19? My God says, supply all you need according to his riches and roll back by Jesus. How does that prove it? But, of course, if God said it, you better stop and think about it. Amen? He says, my God shall supply what? All of your need. According to what? His riches. How? In glory by my God shall supply all of your need, no matter what it might be, in whatever arena, according to his riches, in glory by virtue of what Jesus has done. Can you see the sacrifice there? Can you see that? And that was one of the scriptures the Lord used just to open that up. That everything, the sacrifice answers everything. It answers problems that come from our history. It answers problems that come from our gender, that comes from, from whatever. No matter what it is, false identifications. Now, there are two sides to the sacrifice that are important. There is, for the sake of teaching, let's call it the God side. What Jesus did. Death, burial, resurrection, and so on. But then there is also, for the sake of communication, the man's side. And by the man's side, what I mean, it's not only what Jesus did, but it's what Jesus, but it's not only what Jesus did and what, what God did with Jesus when Jesus was crucified, but what, 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 not just what Jesus did, but what God did with you in Jesus. Amen. That's very important. Now the Bible says in, um, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 12, let's, let, let's just read it. Colossians 2 verse 12, flip over there. Glory to God. All right. Okay, Colossians 2 verse 12 says, again, it's not just what Jesus did, but it's what God did with you in him. <laughs> Amen? Colossians 2 verse 12 says that you are buried, buried with him. In baptism, wherein also you are risen with him. How? Through the faith of the operation of God. God did it. Amen? Through the faith of the operation of God, 
You were buried with him in baptism. You were also raised up with him to the faith of the operation of God. We know we have scriptures such as the, the, um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, that he made us sit, to, that he raised us up together with him and made us sit together with him in heavenly places. Isn't that right? The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, just very quickly. Romans chapter 6, let us read him in verse 3. Know ye not that for as many of you as were baptized into Jesus Christ, that were immersed into Jesus Christ, you were also baptized into his death. Therefore, not only were you baptized into his death and tied, died with him into his death, but you were also buried with him by baptism into death. And then like as Christ was raised up from the dead, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says you were raised up with him. You were born again by, in resurrection. And Jesus made to sit at the Father's right hand. You were made to sit together with him in heavenly places. Isn't that right? When we have communion, what are we celebrating? We are, we are celebrating that this is my common union with the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is my common union with the blood. This is my part in what he did in his body. This is my part in what he did in his shed blood. Amen? We are making that proclamation every time we have communion. And the Bible says if you, if you do that, and you do that correctly, in fact, let me flip it around. It says because people do that and they do not do it correctly, not discerning the Lord's body, not discerning the blood, not recognizing their part in that broken body, not recognizing their part in the blood, and because they don't recognize that, what happened? Some are sick, some are weak, and some even die. Because here God has brought them to his banqueting table, prepared even before the presence of his enemies, so that he can bless them and heal them and make them whole, but they do not understand, they don't have the discernment that this is the very body that I'm putting into my mouth, that I am a member of his body and of his flesh and of his bones and every sickness and every disease was placed on the inside of him and by his stripes I were healed and therefore I partake of this body and I partake of this life and I partake of this healing and I partake of this blood and I've declared that by the authority of his blood I am now in a new covenant and they don't understand that. So what happened? Some are sick, some are weak, and some even die. Why? Because of not simply discerning and recognizing their part, their communion, their common union, their fellowship in the mystery. Are you with me? Amen? So what I'm saying is, so when we're talking about, about um, the sacrifice of Christ, it is what Jesus did, but it is also what he did with us in Christ. And so, the word that I'm saying to you today is confidence in the sacrifice is the faith. It is what makes faith a lot simpler. And, 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 and is what I'm trying to get across to you. Now, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 4. So, just a little bit more about the sacrifice and then I'm going to move off a little bit. Hebrews chapter 4. Is this making sense? Yes. Okay, let's read it from verse 1. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, into that place where it is finished, that any of you should come short of it. For unto us, does the, for unto us was the gospel preached. Hmm. Unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Keto Bonoma. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. All right. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into his rest. We who have believed do enter into his rest. As he said, I have sworn in my wrath that if they shall, that if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. I'm going to come back to these verses, but let me take a side trip for a moment. On the cross, when Jesus said, it is finished. Yes, it was a, it was a present tense truth, but it was also a prophetic truth because of what was yet to happen, him going to hell and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, from where we stand, it is finished. Yes, Got it? Yes, sir. It is finished. It is done. All right, number one. Number two, for that reason, that is why Jesus would say in John chapter 8, verse 36, that whom the Son sets free is what? Free indeed, totally, completely, absolutely. First Peter, Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3, God has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Here we see in Hebrews 4 verse 3 that the works of God were finished from the foundation of the world. Many times, sometimes we try to say, let me try to get my faith to move God and, and, and trying to get God to do something. When in fact, what he is calling us to do more than anything else is having that right response to what he's already done. What he's calling us to do is to mix faith with what he has already done. Mix faith with the sacrifice of Christ. What he's calling us to do is to not to try to get him to do this or get him to do that, but use our faith so as to receive from what is already done. Are you with me? And, and that is what the, the sacrifice it is done. There is nothing about your life. Nothing whatsoever. And it isn't already done. It's already done. It's already finished. We don't have to plead with God or anything. Now, but it also speaks here about the gospel. Being mixed, not being mixed with faith. Now, Come with me for a little while with the verse of the scriptures with your mind. You don't need to turn it, but stay with me. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. Okay, you guys are so sharp. Okay, there's a little piece in there, though. Yeah. It is a, the gospel is the power of God unto them that believe. Actually, okay, let's straighten it out. Let's straighten this out. Let's straighten this out. <laughs> right? Because you're right. You are right, but we're mixing up two verses, all right? And it's two verses that we're going to need to marry in a little while. So we might as well get them to introduce to each other. What do you think? <laughs> all right? Is that okay? <laughs> all right, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. All right, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, and that's correct, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To who? Everyone that believes it is the power of God unto salvation, but there's got to be some what? Believing. Now, this believing is active. There's got to be some believing. 
It is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. All right, hold that thought. Now let's marry him, him to first finish chapter 1, verse 18. First finish chapter 1, verse 18. Now you notice it did say the issue of believing. Because with a heart man believes, or the mouth confession is made unto. For the preaching of the cross, again, that's the sacrifice. This time they don't use gospel. They don't use the word gospel. They call it the preaching of the cross. Amen? And we know that the preaching of the cross is the sacrifice. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. And we know it's unto salvation. It is the power of God. Now, so the preaching of the cross is the power of God. And we also, and the preaching of the cross is the power of God. Not just the cross, but the preaching of it, which means the declaration, the proclaiming, the saying of that sacrifice. There's got to be some speaking mixed with the sacrifice. Faith must be mixed with the sacrifice. Faith believes and speaks. So it's the preaching of the cross, the preaching of the sacrifice that is the power. Similarly, it says, it, it, it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God to them that believe. And they that believe also speak. We believe, we have the same spirit of faith. We believe according as it is written and therefore speak. Amen? All right. So there is that speaking element that is connected up with it. But what I wanted us to see here is that we are talking about the sacrifice of Christ. So when we talk in the gospel, we are talking about the sacrifice of Christ. Galatians chapter 3. And verse 8 says, And the scripture foreseen that God would justify or declare righteous the heathen, the people that were without God, through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, Indeed shall all the nations be blessed. Let me begin to do this as we go on in the rest of this message. Let me begin to substitute the word faith with confidence in the sacrifice. Amen? Let me begin to do that. Okay, before I do that, let's go back to Romans in your mind. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. I'm not ashamed of, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, which is the sacrifice of Christ, because it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Why is it the power of God unto salvation? Verse 17, because... Therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Therein is coming into this oneness with God, operating in this authority, operating as sons, operating with these rights and privileges, operating in the freedom from guilt and condemnation and insecurity because of the shed blood. Amen? It is the power of God because that comes out of it. All right. So here we have in Galatians, it says, Know ye not, verse 7, that they which are of faith, they which have confidence in the sacrifice of Christ, the same are the children of Abraham. Do you agree with that? And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify or declare righteous, the heathen, true confidence in the sacrifice of Christ, preached before the gospel unto Abraham. It preached before the gospel unto Abraham. 
saying, and these shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because, you know, his seed, which is Christ, was going to die and be resurrected. So the gospel was preached to Abraham. Amen? Okay. So what I want us to begin to do is begin to plug this phrase into, into just various verses all over the place. Wherever you see. And when you go home tonight, wherever you see faith, put it in. All right? So let's just walk through some of them. And in a minute, if you guys have a verse with the word faith in it, you're welcome to give it to me. And we'll just do it right here, live and, live and whatever. <laughs> All right? But let's, let's look at Romans chapter 1. There was just a whole group here that I kind of like. Romans chapter 1, reading from verse, um, from about verse 8. Now, so when you think about this issue about mixing faith with the sacrifice, and then we go back to Romans, we go back to Hebrews um, 4 and verse 2, that says, the gospel preached didn't profit them. The word preached didn't profit them. Let us be careful lest the same thing happen to us. And it tells us we are to mix the gospel with faith. What is it saying? We are to mix that sacrifice with faith. We are to mix it with confidence in the very sacrifice. You see later, anyway, let's, let's, let me just slow down. All right. Where was Romans chapter 1, verse 12? Verse 8, okay, verse 8. No, that's going to take too much time. Let's go to verse 11. Oh, Rakabasi, take it to Korabeng, Romodoko, the Ketabana. He take it, no, 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 Monongo, Rebecca Tick and the Bo. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, Raketiki, the Deco Ribbon and Enga and Dandaya. Enga. Okay, let's pick it up. Where did I say verse? Did I say what? Okay, take the heaven. <laughs> For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end that you may be established. That is, that is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. That when we get together, we might be comforted by the confidence that you've got in the sacrifice and the confidence that I've got in the sacrifice. Think about that. You know, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling together of yourself the way you do, in the manner, the way you see some other people do. But come together and exhort one another, provoke one another. How? How? By this mutual faith. Mm -hmm. By this, by this, you know, a, a brother is, is struggling in a particular area. Tell him, tell him, speak to him from the sacrifice. Speak to him about what crucifixion has done. Speak to him about what the burial applies. Speak to him that voice from the past. Let him know, let him know that in the sacrifice, this is how it is. Speak to him from resurrection. Let him know who he is seated at the Father's right hand. Can you imagine that? Comfort one another with this mutual faith, with this confidence that we have in the sacrifice. Can you imagine that? A room full of believers and they've just got confidence in what Jesus have done. Man, I'm telling you, one person shares something and as soon as they finish, man, the next one's just, uh, just waiting to put in a word. This is, and they talk about being established in this place. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come unto you, but I, was, I wasn't able to, that I might have some fruit among you also even as among other Gentiles, 
I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel, to preach the sacrifice of Christ and what he has done to you that are in Rome also. Because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. That sacrifice is the power of God that produces salvation to everyone that believes, to everyone that would mix it with faith. Whether it be Jew, to the Jew first or to the Greek. Because you see, therein is the righteousness of God revealed. There is where this oneness, this life of Christ that now becomes yours. You being crucified and it's no longer you, but it is now Christ that liveth in you. And the life you now live being his life. This is where it becomes, this is where it is unveiled. The righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just, those that are declared righteous. Those that are declared righteous, the just shall live by having confidence in what Jesus has done. By having confidence in the sacrifice. Amen? Look at Romans chapter 3, verse 3. Romans chapter 3, verse 3. For what if some did not believe? What if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God of none effect? What if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make your confidence in the sacrifice of none effect? What does their unbelief have to do? Can their unbelief hinder your confidence in what Jesus has already done? Oh, man, think about that. Let God be true and every man a liar. Hallelujah. It enrages them. What's that? It enrages them. <laughs> Romans chapter 4, pick it up in verse 5. And to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. His confidence in the sacrifice of Christ is counted for righteousness. His confidence in the sacrifice of Christ, Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and what God did with him in that sacrifice, gives him the right, it's credited, gives him the right to act righteous. Gives him the right to act like he's one with God. Think about that. That's what righteousness is. Your confidence in what in the sacrifice of Christ gives you the right to act righteous, to be righteous, to act like you're one with God. To operate in the authority of God, the name of Jesus. To act like you are free from condemnation and guilt and shame and all of that stuff. Your confidence in the sacrifice gives you the ability to say, this is my right. These promises are mine. They are yes and amen in Christ. No doubt about it. Hmm. This is the victory that overcomes. Confidence in the sacrifice. All right. Even as David also described the blessedness of a man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works, blessed are, are they whose iniquities are, forgi and are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is a man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Come with this blessedness, uh, this blessedness then upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith 
confidence in the sacrifice of Christ was reckoned to, for we say that faith, we say that that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. We say that Abraham's, but we're putting our name in there, confidence in the sacrifice of Christ was reckoned to him, was accounted to him. Put it on, in other words, on the accounting balance sheet. Because he had confidence in the sacrifice of Christ, the accounting balance sheet says, equal righteous. You can act like you're one with God. The God of Abraham, possessor of heaven and earth. Abraham, possessor of heaven and earth. The Bible says he was the heir of the world. Glory to God. Amen? <clears throat> Later on, we're going to find out how the righteousness of faith speaks. The righteousness, which is of faith, speaks. You know what it says? <clears throat> it doesn't say Jesus come down or come up. What does it say? I'm going to do my own talking. It's near you and your mouth. And you talk like God. Tell the mountain to move. Talk like him. Operate in his authority. Act like you're one with him. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 11. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had, yet being uncircumcised. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, let's go on now. Let's, yeah, let's go on a little bit more. Verse 13. The promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law based on his works and his performance and his good deeds, <coughs> but it was true. It was true the righteousness that came as a result of having confidence in the sacrifice. This is all I'm saying. I'm just trying to say, have confidence in the sacrifice and your faith will work right. Because the confidence in the sacrifice, the righteousness is revealed. The confidence in the sacrifice gives you the right to talk, think, act like God. <coughs> in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That is true too. <coughs> Romans chapter 10. Let's slip over there. Romans chapter 10, <laughs> verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith, the righteousness that, that is as a result of having confidence in the sacrifice, it speaks. And it says not in thy heart, who shall ascend into the heaven to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep to bring him up, up, up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth. And in your heart, that is the word of the confidence of the sacrifice. In other words, there's a word of the sacrifice. And if we keep going, we will find out that the word of the sacrifice is the power. It's the power. That if you will confess and declare with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you will, now watch this here. If you will believe in your heart 
and confess with your mouth. If you believe in your heart that God has raised him from your dead, Christ from the dead, and as a result, you declare him as the Lord, salvation. And you declare him as Lord, salvation. Believe the sacrifice. Speak it. Declare he's Lord, saved. That's Romans 10 9. Believe the sacrifice. Declare him Lord, and you're saved. Deliverance, wholeness in whatever area. Does that sound like 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18? The preaching, the saying of the cross is the power of God. And we should be at Romans 1, 16, unto salvation. Amen? It produces this deliverance, which means that when we, go, when we start looking at, all right, what, what is the situation here? Is it a financial situation? What does the cross say? What does the sacrifice say? He became poor. And by his, through his poverty, I am made rich. So what's, what am I supposed to do? With my heart, I believe unto the truth. With my heart, I believe, bam, it's on the inside of me. And with my mouth, confession is made unto. What's happening here? I believe, my believing... And I'm only believing what already. When I say you're born again, you got it. Are you with me? I'm just believing I got it. I'm just believing I'm already made rich. I'm just believing I am already here. I'm just believing I already have the favor of God. I'm just believing that I'm not disconnected, but I'm connected. I'm just believing all of these spiritual blessings. I already got it. In fact, what I am doing, Philemon verse 6 says, that the communication of my faith becomes effective. It works when I acknowledge what I already got. The communication of my faith, the communication of my confidence in the sacrifice becomes perfected when I acknowledge what I got. So we're back to Romans 10, 9. When I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and I'm already saved, I'm not believing what I already got and then I confess it what happened? I am drawing out the life and the power and the healing and the wholeness and the prosperity and the salvation and the deliverance. I am drawing it out. And I'm taking the sacrifice on the inside and by the word of the sacrifice, boom, power. What power? The ability to bring forth change. Where? Out here, in my body, in my soul, and even in the atmosphere. That is why it says in verse 10, where the heart man believes, but with the mouth confession is made unto. That's exactly what 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 was saying. To us who are saved, that declaring of the cross, that speaking of the word of the sacrifice is the power of God. Amen? Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. So Romans chapter 10 even goes on to say. <laughs> Why does it say in verse 13, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved? I, I think very mathematically when I see scripture. Like if I see the word saved over here and I see the word saved over there and I see the word saved, I want to know how they're related. Amen? Amen. If with a heart I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and I confess in my mouth and I'm getting saved and now I hear whoever called on the name of the Lord shall be saved, how is this connected? 
I believe this is one way which is connected and abbreviated way. Whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord is evoking the sacrifice of Christ. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like evoking the power and authority of the sacrifice of Christ all gathered together in that name. And as a result, boom, here comes salvation. Here comes deliverance. Here comes demons running off. Are you with me? And then we'll go on to, to say in verse 17. So then, <laughs> faith cometh by what? And hearing by the word of God. So confidence in the sacrifice. Where do you think confidence in the sacrifice will come from? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And now that we are breaking this down to another level to simplify this, what should follow? The confidence in the sacrifice should come by hearing and hearing the word of the sacrifice. Amen? So it means I got to know what's going on with the sacrifice. I got to understand why I was crucified with him and what is the implications of that? What is the implication of me being buried with him? What is the implication of me being raised up together with him and now having his life? What is the reality? What, is, what does it mean that I'm seated in heavenly places in him at the Father's right hand? What does the blood being applied to my life, what does that have to say? What does that mean? Because the power, once I can recognize what's going on, and, I, and one, because you see, once I get the word of it, and I know the word of the sacrifice, it is impossible for him to lie. I'm just, for, I'm only finding out what's already done. Because these works have been done from the foundation of the world. I'm finding out what's already done. It's not, cons it's not what anything looks like or feels like. None of that matters. Amen? None of those, that things don't matter. We walk by what? Faith. Confidence in the sacrifice. Not by sight. Not by reasoning. This is the victory. Confidence in the sacrifice. Earnestly contend for what? Amen? You got you to contend for this stuff. The devil don't want you to believe that, that nonsense. That's what he would try to say. All this stuff about blood and crucified and buried and resurrection and name. You know what? But hey, you better contend for it. It is the power of God. The word of the sacrifice. Hallelujah. All right. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> All right, you know what? We have about five minutes. Um, whatever pops into my mind, I'll go with. In the meanwhile, if you've got some scriptures with the word faith inside, just blurb it out, right? And then we'll check it out. But let me give you this one that pops up. You put on the whole arm of God and then what? You get the shield of what? And don't forget this shield is so big and especially when we all hook up our shields together, that maybe we could just stand behind that shield and, and quench what? Every fiery dart of the devil. What is that shield of? Confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. We'll quench what? Every fiery dart. Give me a fair scripture. This is how the just shall live. This is how we live. Are you the just? Are you the righteous? This is how you live. This is how you sustain and walk and live this Christian life. By having confidence in the sacrifice. Hallelujah. Man, isn't that simple? Amen? 
Confidence in the self. Come on, give me some scriptures. Ah, here's a nice one I like. Without confidence in the sacrifice, man, you can't please God. Think about it. God gave his son, the Lamb of God, to take away the sins of the world, beaten, bruised, chromatorned, went to hell, go through all of that. And you want to dismiss that and expect to please God? You see what I'm saying? So without confidence in what Jesus has done and in the sacrifice, you can't please God. But Lord, this is what the doctor says. Oh, but this is what the bank account says. These are what the sir. In other words, then you are negating this, what Jesus did and expect that God is going to say, oh, I see what you mean. I know my son shed his blood. Yes, he was beaten and bruised. Yes, he went to hell. But really, those circumstances you're talking about, <laughs> that's more solid. No. Are you with me? Without faith, without confidence in the sacrifice, it's impossible to please God. Anybody have another scripture, another faith scripture? Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. That's right. So a man is justified not by all his good works, not by all his deeds, not because of how much time he prayed, which he ought to, not by his fasting, <coughs> not by his giving, which he ought to, but a man is justified by what? The by confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. That's what justifies you. Yes, amen. Come on, another one. That is why Paul would say, Paul said in, in um, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2, it says, the way it's written, it says, um, I determined to know nothing among you save Christ and him crucified. Which when you listen to the letter, what is that? Right? But he's saying, I determine, I don't want to know nothing about you except Christ and him crucified. All I want to see is evidence in your life that Jesus has been crucified and you were crucified with him and I want to see evidence that Christ is alive in you and that's the life that you now live. He says nothing else concerns me. I don't care about nothing else. I don't want to know nothing else about you. Amen? Hallelujah. So that your faith might not stand in the wisdom of men. But in the power of God. Yeah. Come on, give me another scripture, faith scripture. We got two minutes. It is no longer I who live, but Christ in the, in the life I live. Now I live by the faith of the Son of God. All right, okay, fine. So now I live it by the confidence of that sacrifice and what Jesus has done. Come on, a minute left. Come on, going once, going twice. Jesus said to the woman with the issue of blood, um, Be of good cheer. Mm -hmm. Faith has made you whole. All right. So what's going to make you whole? Confidence in. The sacrifice. Confidence in what Jesus has already done. You got to contend for it. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Say, I believe. I know in whom I have believed. I am persuaded. Everything that Jesus did is already done. Whatever he did with me is done. And I am who I am says I am. And I have what he says I have. Everything he finished, I am the recipient of. I am born of a sacrifice. I am confident. Listen to this verse of scripture. Stand fast in the liberty where with Christ. Stand fast. In that liberty, whereby Christ has set us free. 
And on other basis, to stand in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I was trying to go something to with this. <laughs> I was trying to move you very quickly to see that the liberty and the grace is in the sacrifice. And if you, you just stand in there, I'm going to stand here. This is where I live. I'm not moving. It's the place of rest. This is the place where it's finished. Yes. I'm not moving. Yes. You're not getting me out of here. Ah, I know the scripture I'm looking for. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Let's go over there quickly. That's one. That's one that hooks it up together. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. First Corinthians 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. I declare unto you the sacrifice of Christ, which I preached unto you, which also you have received. And wherein you stand? Where do you stand? In that gospel. Where do you stand? In that sacrifice. But watch this. By which also you are saved. Men standing there, you're going to get saved. Isn't that right? No matter what it is, sickness, disease, you will be saved. But here's the if. If you keep in memory what I have preached. In order that you stay in the consciousness of that sacrifice of Christ. Don't ever get out of there. Awake to righteousness. Awake to what he has done. Awake to that sacrifice. And do not be separated. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Don't be separated. Don't come out of there. In that place. In him. In that place. There is liberty. In that place. There is grace. And so he says stay there. Hold fast without wavering. The confidence and the rejoicing. Firm until the end. Hallelujah. Amen? So that's all I want to tell you. Just the confidence in this sacrifice. Confidence in this sacrifice. Yay! Isn't that good? Confidence in the sacrifice. How simple. Is that simple? Confidence in the sacrifice. That's your faith. So don't go wobbling. I just have confidence in the sacrifice. It's what he did. Not what I do. Confidence in what he has already done. The sacrifice just breaks it down. What he did, and then what he did with you, and what he did. Glory to God. 